Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your host, Ben Russo, and me, Sean Hader. Welcome to episode 132 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Indeed. I'm not sure if we can hear each other well or if anybody else can hear us. Uh, hopefully all the audio and video is working up to snuff. I mean, I'm, I'm getting nothing but the smooth baritones of your voice in the ears, so well, I think we're good. That's fun, but I'm hoping <laughs> the people at home can uh, play along with us today since uh, we do do a show for them. We do. I am Sean Hannon, and welcome to episode 132 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am joined, as always, by the wonderful, charming, handsome, and elegant, Whoa. I'm throwing that in, Ben Hughesong, Mr. Hughesong. How was your weekend? My weekend was great. How was your last weekend before, since I, I had to blow off the show last week, right before all hell broke loose in the media world? I don't remember, but okay. I'm sure it was good. So, all right. It was great because okay. we were supposed to have opening day for the youth baseball. And I was going to emcee the parade. Then we had a game. And then my daughter had a game. I coached her team, too. There wasn't going to be enough time to do both. And then we had to run out. We were going to go out at night. So we had a day. It was a day. And then the day before, they emailed me. And were like, hey, we're just going to push it to next weekend. So I went and saw my wife at the shop. And I was like, all right, we have nothing to do tomorrow until 6 p.m. Nothing. What does that look like in the Houston calendar? We built a bed frame. <laughs> Dorks. Well, I mean, we filled the time. Let's 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 be clear. But it was we slept in a little bit. We didn't have to do anything. Uh, I got some work done around the house. The chicken coop's still not built, so don't ask. But it was it was so weird to just look around and be like, oh my god, we don't have to run anywhere. I don't have to coach anything. I don't have to do anything. Kind of the same thing in our household, but usually revolves around oh my god, we don't have any extra dogs here. That's how it is in our house. I get it. Because we're just as limited. I mean, not just as limiting, but we're limited by whatever the dogs we have in the house yeah, are. So we only do so much. Yeah. So, well, I spent my weekend staring at my phone watching my boy Kevin Roy play in the uh, Mexico Open. Nice. Your boy. Yeah. Before we get into, I'm going to talk about Kevin Roy a little bit because I thought it was fun. I'm going to talk about my uh, crazy uh, DraftKings lineup that I played with Kevin Roy in it. So, But anyway, before we do that, please share the video, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Help us fight the uh, algorithm overlords and uh, atone for your sins by helping us... Uh, uh, moved up into the uh, promotion rankings here. So maybe we can... Uh, Get some tracks laid even farther before Tucker joins Rumble, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't offer atonement. That's just Sean. I, yeah. I don't, oh yeah, no. I don't have that direct line with the big guy. I mean, I can atone for certain things. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, whether or not that carries any weight with those people or not, I don't, you know, whatever. Sure, you're, you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Let's, before we get into the juicy stuff, let's talk about. Um, uh, my boy, Kevin Roy. So, okay. Kevin Roy, Syracuse native. Yep. Son of Jim Roy, former PGA tour. Yep. Gave me a lesson once. Jim Roy, not Kevin Roy. Sure. And Jim Roy's coach and Kevin Roy's coach. Technically both gave me a lesson, but anyway, so Kevin, I forgot that he was playing in the Mexico open, which okay. is obviously in Mexico. Thank you. And late Wednesday night, I was like, oh shit, I forgot Kevin's playing in the tournament. I'm going to go, I'm going to play a DraftKings lineup. So all my normal tournament, it was like, it might have even been Thursday morning late. So like it was, I, I it was overnight into the, you know, and the, the, the oh. tournament started Thursday morning. So I had these two tickets, a 25 cent ticket and a 10 cent ticket that were just given me by DraftKings. I was like, oh, I'm going to throw these two tickets onto a Kevin Roy lineup. So I played John Rahm, Tony Finau, the only two, literally the only two real stars, star golfers in the, in the thing. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to play. The, they're super expensive. Sure. Very difficult to play both, but it's easy when you play $6,100, whatever he was, Kevin Roy, who shoots a minus 11 and finishes T18. I also had another cheap guy, some guy, foreign guy, Toasty. I think he's Argentinian, if I remember the flag correctly. Toasty. He was also like 6,300. He finished T7, right? So anyway, I entered the 25-cent lineup into a contest with 19,000 people. I entered the 10 sent contest into a contest with 23,800 people and I finished ninth in both. Wow. I won $21. <laughs> <laughs> I 
If I would have played that lineup in any tournament with like just $5, I would have won like five grand. I'd, I literally won nothing. It was a waste. I mean, it was fun because I did it, but oh, the most I could have won, actually, somebody had my lineup. Somebody shared my lineup. So even if I would have won everything, it would have been like 300 bucks. I would have split it with some other dude. All anyway, right. So, but I got to pay attention on my 35 cent uh, DraftKings lineup to Kevin all weekend who came through. It was quite a uh, revelation there this uh, weekend in Mexico. I mean, congratulations mm. on your $21. Yeah. It's outstanding rate yeah. of return on For 35 sure. cents. 35 cents, yeah. Well done. Yeah. So funny that that's what you Stupid. did. Stupid. Yeah. I literally could have just played five. Any, any of those other tournaments would have won me hundreds of dollars. I mean, I finished ninth out of 50,000 people, basically. Yeah, so you had a good day. But anyway, not as good as Kevin Roy, who, as I pull up the winnings here, Kevin Roy, $98,000. For a nice weekend work at the uh, Mexico Open. And he got to visit Mexico. Yeah. I don't know if his dad was on the bag. Uh, I'm a, He was there in the Honda Classic when I was there. So I don't know if that's still a thing there. But uh, congratulations yeah. to them both. I thought it was pretty awesome. So um, maybe this is the, uh, I don't know what the, you know, he has to get to a certain point of career or uh, yearly earnings to get high enough in the FedEx ranking so he doesn't fall back to sure. the uh, mishmash of earning your PGA card at the end of the year. But Sure, sure, sure. This goes a long way. Yeah, this goes a long way. It was pretty good. It was fun to watch him. I didn't get, I literally get to not watch him swing one time on TV, though. I could not, I mean, I had it on, but they just never, wow. when I was there, he was there. But he was in the contention. They were throwing all these other schmoes on. There was nobody in the tournament. They were all idiots. And Kevin. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Tony Finau for winning. Yeah, and congratulations to Kevin Roy and the Argentinian wonder for coming in seventh. Yeah. It's a good day. Yeah, all right. So, I apologize for um, canceling last week's show, but uh, I had a very uh, bad sciatic flare-up, and I could not sit for prolonged periods of time, and the show would have been very short last week, so sure. I apologize then. But as I pointed out, just as I was canceling the show, all hell broke loose in the media landscape simultaneously as we canceled our show. Tucker fired. Don Lemon fired. This is on the heels of Dan Bongino not working out a contract with Fox, on the heels of BuzzFeed News shutting down, and then we get word that Vice News shuts down, and then Nate Silver's out at 538 in ABC. What the hell's going on? It's a little bit of a shakeup. I think we are moving into the territory, and these people are all running scared. Obviously, that, that could only be the, the logical and most likely explanation. So, obviously, Tucker's going to have the, the biggest... Uh, uh, reverberation and all this stuff here, but I don't know. Do, before we get into Tucker specifically, any thoughts on Don Lemon being fired? <laughs> no, nobody he, has a thought. He didn't on even Don know he Lemon was he, fired. He, he, and the CNN was like, "Oh, we didn't. We weren't. We, we were had a meeting with him. He didn't show up. So I guess he thought he was going to get fired. So I guess we're parting ways. So I don't know if he really got fired or not, or That's if he amazing. knew he was going to get fired. But anyway, so yeah, Don Lemon's out. I couldn't care less. Like, no. I, listen, you know what's funny is all is he I still tracking do that plane? Yeah. Remember the plane that disappeared forever over the... Malaysia? Yeah. The Malaysia Airlines Remember he plane. was going to do every single one of his shows was going to be dedicated to the plane until they found it? Yeah, that didn't work out no, for No, it didn't him. work out. I mean, it would have been better I mean, Trump programming happens, than so. his show, but I mean... Yeah, so Don Lemon's out. Don Lemon is... All I want to do is make jokes about Don Lemon getting fired and the fact that nobody's talking about it must be racist. That's all I want to do with it. I just want to make that joke repeatedly because the obvious answer is nobody cares. Nobody was watching Don Lemon's show. That's why he got fired. Yeah, and so and I'll, 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 I'm grouping all these in, so you can give me any hot takes that you want. Nate Silver out at five thirty eight, the Surprising. kind of the data analyst company that he founded. It got purchased by ABC, so you know they're doing some uh, layoff things. And Nate Silver, I mean, he is five thirty eight, kind of like you know, kind of like James O'Keefe was, was Project Veritas. Yeah. Like I don't understand how you can separate the two and think you still have some traction. But um, again, I, I put BuzzFeed News probably in the same. Uh, 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 group is Don Lemon, you know, if the if the tree falls in the woods and no one's there, did it really fall in the woods or kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. who cares if BuzzFeed News shuts down? But BuzzFeed has been dying steadily for about seven years. They've just, they, their stuff stopped being funny. It stopped being interesting. It just became a Trump bashing. The Democrats are great. The Republicans are evil. And if you don't agree with us, you're a moron who deserves to be killed. Like that was yeah. The they should have stuck with their it. little trendy videos and what. It was funny. Like yeah. back in the day, it was. It was just like an anti-corporate news thing, which I can get on board with. But then it became 
just a shill for one party or the other, which a lot of these outlets tend to do, and then it stops being interesting. It just becomes, oh, yeah, we get it. Hillary Clinton would have been a great president. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Orange Man bad jokes. Oh, it was. I remember reading in 2016, it must have been maybe 17, the Why Your Team Sucks on Deadspin Sports, which I always thought was wonderful, where they literally just dedicated an article a day to why every NFL team is terrible, and it was they were very funny. And then the year they stopped doing it was basically because any coach that took a picture with Donald Trump was used as like, enough said. Like, who, Dumbness. who cares? Like, they got political feelings, but just stop. Yeah, so... You know, I feel like we've been talking about the, I don't know, if breakdown or uh, the collapse of the, where, where I guess we'll just call it mainstream media market today, if we're going to call it that, whatever the corporate news is. We've been, I mean, the, inform, the content that's being put out by some of these quote-unquote news organizations is, again, not nothing short of propaganda. Sure. I mean, it is just propaganda. So it's not surprising when they fail other than that they've been failing for so long and propped up for so long that when they finally fail it's like oh that actually really you know we were we were on the right you know we, we could see it coming and it actually happened once that Pfizer money runs out there's <laughs> nothing left and so before we jump back into Tucker do you think that this is a I mean listen I those Cable contracts, like whatever the whatever the arrangement that you know Comcast and Time Warner and all these things have with all these cable news things are they're contracts that are probably five, six, seven, eight years old. Yeah. So not everything expires at the same time here. So, but is this in your mind a? And maybe it'll depend on what Tucker actually does. Sure. Um, is this a? We're over the mountain on the. Uh, on the uh, or over the hill, if you will, on the uh, mainstream media, and we're now downhill from here, and it's only a matter of time before independent slash internet media is the main source of news. Do you think there's a? Do you think there is a shift? And if the shift is going to happen, is this the? I don't know the straw that broke the camel's back of the shift. The shift will come. This isn't it. That's my opinion. I, I think we've talked about this before of right now the core audience of, of older folks who are not going to go to independent news sources are still going to watch their CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. Uh, it's not a lot of people, but it's there, and that is their core audience. So until those people die off, which I, that, was, that was a really cold-hearted way of putting that, but, you know, time remains undefeated, so let's get yeah. over that. Uh, once those people start dying off... Other than George Soros, but go ahead. I, yeah, it's fair. Uh, George Soros and, and Henry Tom Brady Kissinger. are the only two exceptions to that rule. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it's that audience is still there, and they're going to continue So you're saying it's just a matter slot. of... You just need the time to pass, you're saying? Yeah, for I mean, their... people our age and younger, and not, not like you and I are the exact same age, but we got about 10 yeah. years between us, but... I think our our age is sort of the cutoff of people our age and younger just understand we have our preferred, I shouldn't say we, you and I don't. Most people have the one that they kind of prefer, but we've all got this understanding that it's bullshit. Like it, it, you are just getting propagandized. You are just getting whatever the corporate studies, whatever they can find out about their audience viewership and their, their audience tendencies, what's going to drive viewership, conflict, let's get conflict. And just arguing over the dumbest stuff to the point that people are like, never mind. And so, and here's here's where I think it really matters, right? So, like, we can both believe that mainstream media is dying. We can both believe that independent media is rising. I, I, you know, you could probably poll enough people and you could get a pretty sizable uh, uh, opinion on our side of both of those things that I sure. think that people would agree with. Um, and I, I do think that over time, you know, the, the news people want, but maybe this is overlapping there The it still matters mainstream media that is still matters because right now that's still where the news cycles kind of revolve around. I, I do think that the, the Twitter thing has, uh, you know, the takeover of Twitter has kind of stopped some of the mainstream echo chamber that were, you know, basically just feeding on himself there, but um, they still have influence. The mainstream media is. So I don't know when that happens. Like, I don't know when, polling slash presidential races slash congressional race, whatever political race or any 
um, political football of the day is not bounced around through the mainstream media first and where that actually matters. Like, I still think that, you know, there's a bunch of ideas bounced around in independent media, but unless they get out into the mainstream, into the public, they don't really latch on. And so I do think that the mainstream media is going to hold on to their influence for as long as they have their uh, older viewers, but until people stop paying attention to them, right? I mean, that's really what's going to happen. So like, I don't, you know, this has been be similar to the conversation we've had of, you know, public knowledge and common knowledge kind of thing where like everybody knows who you think everybody knows, but when you ask them, they're like, yeah, the media is broken. The media is broken. The media is broken, but nobody's actually really kind of moved on from that. Be like, okay, the media is broken. What's next? Where do we go? How do we do that? And I think that has to happen for there to be, um, this change of influence from the mainstream media to the independent media, which is why I, you know, let's bring it back to Tucker is why I think where Tucker goes could accelerate the independent media, you know, uh, influence. Um, Right now, the, the, the people who I see getting bounced around the most is Newsmax, uh, at least the last couple of days anyway. Um, and I, in, in full reality, I don't really have, uh, you know, the financials of Newsmax or OAN or Rumble or even Twitter or any of these other potential landing spots for Tucker, other than I know Elon's got a bajillion dollars, so he could probably p- pay out more than anybody. Not saying that he wants to, sure. but I do think that where Tucker goes could reshape what independent media looks like because his following is very loyal, very large. Obviously he's the number one uh, talk show on cable news uh, that there is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. First let's, uh, we'll go into some of the reasons why the termination uh, may have happened here in a second. And that'll give us a bunch of stuff to talk about, but do you have any gut instinct or initial instinct of where you think Tucker's going to end up? Uh, I think he ends up on like a, a Rumble or a Spotify or something where he has ownership and he has the full creative control that that he's looking for. I think his days of working for other people are done. I, I would like to think that, like, because I, I do think that if he goes to like, I mean, listen, it always depends on what the contract says. So if Newsmax throws a bunch of money at him and they say, hey, you have, you know, you can end whenever you want to end and you can do whatever you want to do. Then, you know, maybe he has some of that creative freedom that he's looking for at at a place like Newsmax, but I would love for him to do a place like rumble. And obviously this is somewhat, um, uh, self-serving for sure. Uh, because I think that rumble, you know, with, if you, if you put Tucker at the top of the rumble list and then you start adding in the, the Dan Bonginos and the Glenn Greenwalds, um, there is a growing news presence on rumble that I, this would, this would put him into a major. If, if I mean, if, if Tucker ends up on Rumble, Rumble becomes. I mean, that stock, I, I believe, shoots right. Just this as much yeah. as Fox went down, Rumble's going to go up. Um, and then let's start talking about some of these details. So first of all, we don't know that if he's under contract, if whether or not Fox is going to let him out and do whatever he wants to do, or if he was in fact fired, or if there's some kind of, uh, uh, you know kidnapping kind of thing going on here where he's being held hostage by the contract and unable. So like the rumor is that they have him under contract through 2024 so they can keep him off the air until 2024 and get his voice out of the presidential race. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. But that's, that seems to be where some people's heads are with Fox and the contract. Um, and I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff out of here and then I'll let you go. So many reasons why Tucker supposedly was fired. And I, I think me and you agree both that he was fired. Yeah since he was signing off on Friday, basically saying, see you on Monday. And uh, when he had a meeting (laughs) over the weekend, they wasn't there on Monday. So um, I'm assuming he was fired. Some of the things that are being laid at the, uh, as blame for these, some of them, I don't really take uh, like the dominion lawsuit. The timing of it seems like it would matter. But if you look at Tucker's part in that, like, it's nowhere near as big as anybody else's part in Fox News. The the Hannity's or the Bartiromos or the Lou Dobbs or the, all the people that were super anti-election. Tucker actually says Sidney Powell was a, claims were absurd, right? So the lawyer for Trump who right. was trying to... I mean, he, he was skeptical of her for sure. Did he make uh, overtures to the election fraud crowd by basically... I mean, I, I think he's right. And he says, you know, if there was election fraud, it's the biggest story in the history of the country then maybe we should talk about it but he didn't seem to be 
beating that drum hard, definitely not as hard as other people. So I don't think the dominion thing other than in a, a basket of things right. that they could use against Tucker. This was one of the things I don't think the dominion thing specifically or directly was the reason why Tucker was fired. You no. No, okay. no, 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 no. And I don't either. So let's move on to the that lawsuit of former booking producer that he had, um, who's running a who they never met. They've, They've never, never been met. in the same room. But apparently she's she's uh has a you know, some kind of a discrimination suit hostile against work environment. Yeah, hostile work environment. Maybe it let maybe had something to do with Tucker's producer who was also fired. Um I also don't think that has anything to do with Tucker being fired. No. The two things that I think I guess two, uh, three, two are combined into one, which is January 6th and Ray Epps. And the other thing being, have you caught this story about Rupert Murdoch's ex-fiance? I have. I think this is the reason. Yeah? I think this is only because crazy 92-year-old guy, right? Sure. Rupert Murdoch can do literally whatever he wants, Getting whenever he wants, and whenever he wants, right? So if you guys aren't familiar with this, Tucker Carlson apparently was the... Guest. Uh, a, but he was the host du jour, if you, if you will, of Rupert Murdoch's ex-fiance, who was 66. So, you know. Cradle robber. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But apparently, so much so as uh, they, uh, she, I think she was, uh, has a, uh, a more religious uh, belief than uh, Rupert Murdoch does, uh, similar to maybe what Tucker does, uh, who actually, I think his ex-fiance called him a godsend or something of a that nature. A messenger of God. Even better. So, lo and behold, after this conversation and whatnot, Rupert Murdoch dumps the fiance and fires Tucker all <laughs> like within a week of this, like all happening, right? So, I think that mattered, but I do think, and it's a, it's kind of like the cherry on top of the thing that I think really matters is that Tucker speaks about things that people do not want to be spoken about. He's the only one who does it. Yeah. I'm going to talk about January 6th and his, you know, showing of the video footage, his critique of Ray Epps, which I find, and then I'll let you go here, seemingly somewhat coincidental. The day after the 60 minutes airing of Ray Epps, Tucker Carlson, who I'm sure would have a retort to the 60 Minutes piece that following Monday, was not on the show Monday because he was fired. So all those things, I think, somewhat played a role in it. But I think it's the him speaking against the establishment and the intelligence agencies and the the uh, the uh, government in charge at this point were the main reasons. And I think that the January 6th and the Ray Epps, which we've discussed here at length, um, our things and we'll, we'll go into the thing that he just the the building seven that he just brought up um in a second here i'll play that clip for you guys but i don't know talk about tucker uh why do you think he was gone which of these uh reasons if any do you think are the uh main reason why he was no longer uh talking on fox news i don't think it was any one thing i think it was a combination of all i i, I think tucker carlson would talk about things on his show that nobody else in any type of legacy or mainstream media would what, ever... mean like the CIA killing JFK? Right, like he did a segment on how it looked <laughs> as if the CIA whacked JFK. Like, now, in the conspiracy-centered circles, you and I are known to dip our toes in on occasion. Mm, love it. That's like a common parlance. Like, that's yeah. just, that's a Tuesday. That, that, that was a conspiracy basically before we were born. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's been a conspiracy long before we were even on this planet. Correct. And then the idea that the government keeps saying, no, we can't release anything, even though everybody involved is dead. Like, uh, guys, come on. Meet me halfway here. Like, give me, give me something. So I'm not saying it's definitely true, but if I were a bet man, I could tell you where I'd lay my money. Now, he also discussed the idea of January 6th had federal agent involvement, which overwhelmingly likely that it did at this point, but you're not allowed to talk about it. He talked about the idea, and you'll play this clip in a minute, about t the, the way that Tower 7 or Building 7, whatever it's called, with the World Trade Center on 9-11, the, the idea that that building collapsed is odd it, it shouldn't have and it did which if all you were worried about was two planes hitting towers and they went down the way that building collapsed and what was allegedly held in it is weird and it doesn't quite add up and the idea that tucker carlson was out here talking about this and the bigger even bigger was when he started opening or excuse me openly questioning the vaccines 
Uh, I'm sorry, but Pfizer is like the number one ad buyer on all of these networks. So yeah, for he him, called them out for sure. And he came after them hard about covering, uh, not hard, for a mainstream or a legacy media host. He came out pretty hard against them and just pointing out of, hey, this is nuts. And questioning the narrative on the Ukraine war of, wait, 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 wait. This is not just as simple as good and evil. Now, Tucker Carlson is a bit of a warmonger in his own right when it comes to China, but on this issue, he did raise more questions. So at some point, you have all of these things that you are not supposed to talk about. Like if I go to my average family member or friend and just say, hey, do you know this? And they all look at me like I'm nuts. Like, stop. Okay. What, like the USA blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? Yeah, like USA blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. NATO expansion was a direct cause of the conflict in the Ukraine. And I'm not justifying the conflict, but we need to be able to acknowledge what's real. Or, hey, the U.S. could end this conflict right now. That doesn't need to be going on. They could end it if they wanted to, and they just are choosing not to, and people are dying. Or Zelensky is a human piece of garbage who's just enriching himself and literally sacrificing the people who elected him into power. So all of these things are, he wasn't necessarily down these rabbit holes, but he was toeing the line. And now once you take all of those in consideration or you take all of those together, if you're Rupert Murdoch and then your fiance, and Rupert Murdoch is allegedly super uncomfortable with all things religion, all things related to God. Uh, Glenn Beck told the story at one point about how, I might be butchering the story, I apologize if I am. They literally had to tell him to stop mentioning God on the air when he worked at Fox News. And then they came back and said, do you know how many times you said God in the last month? 92. Like they, That's the level of discomfort Rupert Murdoch apparently has with God. I mean, if I was 92, I might be trying to go a different way with that relationship, but that's neither here nor there. But as I said before, he literally called off the, the, his engagement to, was it, Ann Leslie Smith a week after the dinner with Tucker. Listen, I'm not going to pass too hard a judgment on that. Simply put, if I was, I'm, I'm so happily married, if, if for some reason at the age of 90 I was not and I was thinking about getting remarried and my fiance with a straight face after reading passages of the Bible looked at another dude and was like, you are a messenger from God. Like that's a red flag. Right. Wait so, a minute. Sure. Even if I'm, I'm not super uncomfortable sure. with religion, but that but, would be enough for me to go. Ooh, but that we we have no context, right? It no. literally could have been over a bunch of drinks and she's like, Oh my God, you're a messenger from God. Like it could have been so off handed, like nothing. It could have been an innocent, nothing. I'm not saying it was. Though, they're reading biblical passages to one another or from the Bible, and then she's like, you, you, you know, you're you're like God's messenger on earth. Like, number one, that's a weird thing to say. Sure. Number two, none of us know what God is really like. What are you saying? Like, as if the certainty with that would just, if that happened, I would be like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to spend all seven years I have remaining on this earth with you. And then give you half my money if I'm Rupert Murdoch, apparently. I'm but. sure he had a prenup. <laughs> but either way, a week after that dinner, she's yeah. axed. A month later, Tucker's on. So I can't say it doesn't have any effect. It sure. seems to have had... Wh whether or not he'll ever admit it, he probably wouldn't. Unless no. he just, you know, have a, has a senior moment and slips out. But Can we start calling senior moments Biden moments yet? Sure. Okay. I'm in. Unless he has a Biden moment and just yeah. starts rambling. All right. So, but let's... I, I do think it's... Tucker speaking truth to power kind of is the reason yeah. why he's taken off and because he's the only one. So let's let's see if I can figure out how to make this uh, uh, work here for the folks at home so you guys can hear. This is uh, Tucker Carlson, who was interviewed uh, on the Redacted podcast. Uh, host is Clayton Morris. Uh, pretty good podcast. I don't, I've listened to that a few times. It's pretty okay. um, Let's see if I can uh, make this work for you guys at home. If you go on TV tonight, you say, I think, I think the earth, earth is flat, flat. people just laugh, laugh at you. They don't, they don't care, care to think the earth is flat. It's not a threat to anyone. But if you say, like, what what actually happened with Building 7? Like, that is weird, right? It doesn't, like, what right. is that? Right. If you were to say something like that on television, they'd flip out. They would flip out. You'd, like, lose your job over that. Why? Why? It's my mm. country. Right. It's an attack on my tree. Can I ask it? Like, I don't really understand. Do buildings actually collapse? No, they maybe they do. I don't know. But like, why can't I ask questions about that? Anything you're not allowed to ask questions about 
is something you should be asking more questions about. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And so I agree that the things that you're not allowed to ask questions about are the things you should be asking more questions about. But this is just one example. Like there's, as he pointed out, I mean, this is why he said it is nobody else will say anything close to that on any of these mainstream media channels because yeah. they will not have a job uh, as, as does Tucker, <laughs> even the, uh, the mighty, the mightiest of the mighty uh, cannot utter certain things in certain places uh, without having ramifications from the establishment down there. So, I'm going to listen to this whole podcast. I haven't yet, um, but I'd be interested to, to listening to more of that. So I'm going to try to uh, find that someplace and listen to the whole thing. But this clip was pretty eye-opening. And again, it comes on the heels of the CIA uh, uh, JFK thing, the January 6th uh, video footage, the constant uh, critique of the Ray Epps uh, situation. Among others, you pointed out the vaccine. I mean, there's... The fed-napping plot of Governor Whitmer. Yeah, right. So he is on... He talks about the things that, again, nobody else is talking about, and that's why he has the, the number one audience, in my opinion. So there's two things I want to mention about Tucker Carlson, then, then I'll move on. Number one is the um, the notion... Like, what what has come out to me on this is that he's actually just a genuinely nice human being seems like it i can't like these video people are coming out and being like look when i first started he found my number reached out said he really liked my work and it was like he was this big star there was no reason he said you know keep going he gave me all this encouragement left right center he just liked it and it was that uh like there's a video of him fishing in central park and some dude comes up with a camera and films him and and you could clearly see trying to be provocative and tom carlson's like are you filming me and he goes yeah why He's like, well, you're in a public place and I can't. He goes, I, I'm not denying your right to do it. I just don't understand why you would film me fishing. And the guy's like, well, I, I film interesting. But like the guy had no idea he was Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson's like, I, no, it's fine. And he showed him his lures and he's got talking to him a little bit. And was like, anybody else, if you caught them on a bad day, if I was just fishing and you're out there and I'm like, why are you filming me? Because I can. It's called a video camera. Reminds me of a Stephen Wright joke. What's that? There's a fine line between fishing and standing on the shore like a complete idiot. <laughs> it's a good one, actually. I do, I do like that one. Um, it's, but it was that he seems like a genuinely nice. Yeah, human I being. totally agree. And like I said, I, I I'll point up one other video. Uh, uh, I'm guessing you know many of the folks listening will know Luke Redkowski, who's uh, who does We Are Change. So he does his own independent media thing. He's been doing independent media for a long time, but he. Likes to, and he's done this to the Rothschilds and a bunch of the other, you know, lizard people on the planet where he just basically ambushes them. Um, ambush is probably not the right word, but he ambushed Tucker Carlson one time coming out of a hotel and Tucker just had the conversation with him the whole time. Like was, you know, and Luke was asking him legitimate questions. It wasn't like he was trying to troll Tucker at all. He was asking them questions about powers and whatever. And then at the very end of the interview, Tucker cracks up and he's like, oh, I love your shirt. And Luke Rakowski got Epstein didn't kill himself shirt on. This is a couple <laughs> years ago. So... To your point, you could see that he was genuinely engaged, even though he had no idea who this person was. Answered the questions, what I felt like was legitimate answers, uh, was, you know, charming as best you could in an ambush situation, right. if you will. Um, but I think, you know, and we didn't mention this, but during the uh, um, some of the text messages that were released from Tucker, so apparently he used the C word. That was the second one I wanted to bring up. Yeah, like- so like he called his boss the C word. Probably not the first time that a boss has been called the C word. No, and like the, everybody's all up in arms of like he was dishonest with his audience. Like, no, he genuinely like he he reports what he thinks he should be reporting on. And the idea that he said in a text message, "I loathe this man, and I cannot wait for him to not be a subject of interest anymore." Yeah, he was like, "I just don't want to talk about this dude anymore." That's all you got on him. Yeah, like that's that's it. And then he went out. To, of course, he's talking about him. CNN literally quadrupled their viewership by talking about him, even though they all hate him. And he came out. He Donald Trump was newsworthy. What are you supposed to do? Not talk about it? Yeah. Like he, it doesn't matter if he hates the guy, and he still came out and reported on him. And he was not a fanboy, but he interviewed him. He talked to him because he was the president, and then he was running for president, and then he was coming out with allegations of what would have been the biggest story in the history of the country if it were ever proven true. I will make one note, and then we'll move on. I I forgot that Redacted Podcast is a pretty big Rumble podcast. So. Ah, there we go. Some overtures are being laid. I like it. All right. Let's talk about your boy. Anthony Fauci. 
my guy. So Fauci went on, uh, had his first, I don't know, full-length interview, if you will, since whatever. all this, whatever, if you want to call it, uh, New York Times. So, you know, hard-hitting the New York Times. But um, it turns out that, uh, you know, he was just offering guidance and recommendations to all these people out here. And they could have solicited extra recommendations and guidance from other people, but they only relied on Anthony Fauci to close schools, close businesses, wear masks, all this other stuff. Um, so Fauci's trying to say, don't blame him, that he was just offering guidance and that these municipalities and schools and whatnot, they should receive the blame. Um, and then I, maybe you're unaware of this, Mr. Husong, but did you know that the schools and the businesses all cited Fauci as the reason why they were shutting down and locking down because of his recommendations. Yeah, I remember talking about this at the time. Yeah. Oh, I do too. So it's mind-bogglingly stupid that Anthony Fauci thinks that he can just be like, oh, I was just offering recommendations. I'm sorry, you know, whatever. This is this is what I expected yep. out of the, I don't know, the post-pandemic tour of Anthony Fauci where he goes to try to save face, but the dude's a complete evil Any sob criticism of him is a criticism of the science never yeah. ever forget that yeah well the you science science that partnered up with the wrong dude this time around so i listen this guy was an absolute egomaniac who enjoyed the spotlight for the entire time he was in it well he gave terrible advice and guidance to people that he knew would be implemented without question and he shamed anybody that dared disagree with him in public and private show it me a school that i shut down show me a factory that i shut down yeah it's it's this notion of you know what's going to happen and you you can't be conveniently stupid. All right, I'm sorry. That's just not you can't do it and expect me to take you seriously. You knew full well the weight that your words were carrying that your guidance was carrying. Please don't try to get out of it now. Please own it. That's it. And no, listen, should you be legally speaking, could you put this man in jail for it? No, probably not because it it was just guidance and the people that blindly followed him and think about the amount of crap you and I took for the better part of three years as we're just, as all we're doing is pointing out, this doesn't make sense. Like, wait, 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 wait. No, something's off. This does not make any sense. There are all these holes in the logic that just don't line up. Masks make no sense in this instance. The government does not have this kind of authority. We should not be letting them do this. School closures are an abysmal failure. And the whole time it was. What do you mean? The CDC doesn't have rent control authority? Weird. <laughs> Weird, but no, they don't actually. Um, and it was the idea that it wasn't aerosolized, the idea that it wasn't that asymptomatic spread was like was happening. And it's just the amount of stuff, the amount of leaps you had to take for this guy to be correct was always insane. And that's what I mean. Like, don't come out now and act as if you just gave this impartial, unbiased advice and guidance based on the science. You didn't. You manipulated the data. You should have known better than to just put blanket trust into the pharmaceutical companies to run their own trials. You pushed a vaccine. You claimed the vaccine in, was, was going to stop transmission. All right. You could say you did a word salad on it. I'm not disagreeing with you. But that was still the impression that you gave to people. Anthony Fauci should be remembered as the piece of human shit that he is. That's that's it. I'm not looking for the guy to be in jail. I'm looking for the, when I say, remember Anthony Fauci, the reaction is, F that guy. That's how it was in the 80s. It should be again. T time time passed and everybody forgot. Right, everybody forgot how many gay guys that he let die because he didn't want to use, he didn't want to authorize or approve secondhand treatments of no they of had azt them. on the market they needed to sell they had to sell those drugs and weird now a, you know, a chemo drug my god anthony fauci has made more money for pharmaceutical companies than polio like i just i can't imagine how much he was beholden to them that's how yeah. he got the job yeah and the fact that he's looked upon with any kind of admiration or reverence at all is a joke and the people who look at him with any of those like uh, positive attributes should be embarrassed. Know, yeah, embarrassed for sure. They so. should say it in hushed tones, like we had to during the the I, during the heat of this of going. You know, I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't think masks work. Like you couldn't say that out loud without getting just a shit ton of pushback. That's how you people should be. You still support this guy. You should have to say it quietly because you're like you know you're going to get people that just look at you like you're insane if you're like I still trust Anthony Fauci. Yeah. Stop. I, yeah. No. People still think he's a hero, which is, again, sad for a large fraction of this population. So, 
again, I, I expect more of these kind of interviews with Fauci. I mean, not a ton more because, you know. There's not much left to say. Right. He, the record you know, is he's the at record. the risk of blowing himself in. Um, but I expect nothing other than this, you know, lay blame someplace else, not me. I didn't do it. Just like Randy Weiergarten's whole thing the entire time was, I tried we to We tried to keep schools open. Like, no, you didn't. No, you shut them down. Yeah, and Fau- there's a video of Fauci I saw just like two or three days ago where he's like, I recommended to the president that I we locked everything down. So it's like, okay, like you might not think like you're just recommendations, but... Own it. Yeah. That is what you pushed. You got what you pushed for, and it was an abysmal failure. You don't get the cop out now with, well, I was just offering guidance. Like, no, you pushed for this. You put your expertise, you put your resume on the line and said, look, here's who I am. Here's what I know. Here's why you should listen to me, and you got to do this. And then it was all wrong. And now you're going to turn around and be like, I was just just offering advice. Okay, well, if he he believed that, right, then stop going on fucking TV. It's a great idea. Telling stuff. That doesn't you don't I love that he got booed in Seattle at a baseball game. That's my favorite thing ever. Man, you lost Seattle. You lost. You are out. Don't go anywhere else. That was your one stronghold that you had a shot in. Yeah. I don't have any other Fauci COVID stuff. So me neither. Forget him. Let him just piss off into a abyss not abysmal. So I I lost the word. Let's let's I'm gonna merge a couple things together here, but the Biden crime family with the star of the show, aka well, I guess Joe is probably the star of the show, but Hunter Biden I think taking the lead the role. And Joe is the big guy. Like, I think we. I mean, Joe doesn't know where he is right now. So he, maybe he was at one point. The, I mean, he's always the big guy, but it's now just a term of endearment. Sure. He's not really much of anything. So it turns out, Mr. Hugh Song, that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken triggered, well, by just an innocent phone call to Mike Morell. And who is Mike Morrell? Uh, former deputy director of CIA. Former acting deputy director. Yeah. I don't think he was ever fully confirmed. But he was the acting director at the time the presidential election was going on. Yeah. So he thought that it might be a good idea that 50 intelligence officers get together and put out a statement saying, we think this uh, Hunter, lap- Hunter Biden laptop has all the earmarks, earmarks of Russian disinformation. And so we got, now, mind you, in the article, it says at the, ver- the very last sentences, we have no proof, but, you know, they, you, you don't get to that point. That the, nobody reads that far down in the article, but basically said, we have no evidence that this support this, but this just looks like it. So, and this is the letter that Joe Biden specifically referenced in the presidential debate being like 50 intelligence agencies said this is Russian disinformation. So it turns out that the letter was a fake I can't believe it, Mr. Hughesong. Uh, the best is he gave testimony that said he had no intention of writing any kind of letter. Anthony Blinken called, and then after that call, he was then ready to write the letter. It was after the phone call with Anthony Blinken that he decided that he would write the letter and have 50-plus. Yeah, I'll, I'll read this from you. Mike Burrell, a former acting CAA director under President Barack Obama, said in a recent transcribe interview with congressional investigators that before his October 17th phone call with Blinken, he had no intention to write the October 19th letter. So two days after the Blinken phone call, eh, let's write a letter. He testified yes and absolutely when asked if the call with Blinken, who was then the top advisor to Joe Biden's 2020 campaign, was that what triggered the intent in you. So, yes. So, Biden, the head of the Biden campaign, calls his buddy Mike Morell, former CAA guy, and be like, hey, uh, we got this problem, this uh, laptop. Uh, any chance we could uh, have some countermeasure smokescreen uh, from the uh, intelligence agency and delivered on cue? So, this is all coming from the what the House Judiciary Committee they're uh, they're they're you know investigating all this stuff into the Hunter Biden and 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 the Biden crime family. So I'm going to read a couple more articles here that kind of talk about this, but specifically about this letter. I mean, I don't think anybody's who's been paying attention or has an open mind is surprised by this at all. I think most people knew that the that was a cover at the t- in in real time knew that it was uh, a cover up. Um, I don't know. Do you have any uh, hot takes on just this uh, segment of the of the Hunter Biden story? Yeah, let's just not pretend like we saw well, some of the things on that laptop and there was definitely Hunter Biden. That, yeah. That was yeah. And the stuff that we saw was, you know, disturbing for that, for sure. Um, but that wasn't even, <coughs> excuse me, the meat. <coughs> no, the it was way worse. We just saw the, the grotesque uh, sexual proclivities of Hunter Biden, which I, I never needed to see ever. 
ever didn't didn't need that but that wasn't even the worst of what was on there and it was on there and you have like uh alexandria ocasio-cortez still walking around saying like well 50 percent of it was just fake russia stuff like yeah she still says that it's amazing that woman's not smart no i just like i couldn't she, fathom that she t- so I don't know if I've ever had this conversation with you, but she is basically my latest version of Barack Obama. Okay. So Barack Obama, I feel like when he was campaigning, loved the dude kind of like, he was like, all right, this is kind of what we need here. Anti-war, you know, let's break down the deep state. But I think when he got, when he, they knew he was going to win, they were like, hey, remember your birth certificate? You're going to be president. But we got your birth certificate. Don't worry. And I think AOC, she's probably got some skeleton and they're like, oh, you want to be dissident okay you be dissident up until this point because we got this on you so i just assume that she's compromised just like all these other politicians who get into office who run a great campaign you know tug at all the heartstrings of the uh, people who want uh, some kind of populist movement to come and they just get railroaded know, yeah railroaded or listen they're just evil people and they just you know are faking it during the campaign but i i, I tend to think campaign are are what they are, are where they or their intentions are, right? It's like, hey, this is what I think my campaign can do. Once you get in the office, you just get grinded up by the machine and your intentions get railroaded and, you know, locked away. And I think that anybody with good intentions to break down the establishment and the government in any kind of way and break that is, is targeted by the establishment to make sure that they cannot do that. Uh, listen, Barack Obama, even that election, I, I remember having a discussion with my friend about it. He's like, I just feel like that we that's what we need. We need somebody to bring us together to start doing all this. I said, listen, I agree with you 100%. And if I thought for one minute he would do anything that he is saying he's going to do, I would vote for him. I don't. Like, he, the joke I made was he is claiming to be John McCain. Because John McCain is not like some arch-Republican. He was very much a, hey, let's all work together. We'll do all this, which at the time, remember when that was a thing? Like, that was what everybody wanted was like, we just need somebody who's going to work together. And now nobody wants that any longer. It's very interesting. But I remember saying that. Bipartisanship is usually bad. Barack Obama is legitimately running as if he is John McCain, when in reality he's not. John McCain is, and John McCain was awful for all of a bunch of different reasons that I didn't understand at that point in my life. And then when Barack Obama won, I was like, listen, I hope he lives up to it. I just don't see it coming. Yeah. And I was right. He just, he went full 180 and started dropping more bombs than anybody else. Like yeah, he, he just, he was the, the the third Bush term. Yeah. And the third and fourth Bush term. They just continued the same foreign policy and monetary policy other than, you know, other than Obamacare, which basically allied, allowed the uh, pharmaceutical companies to basically take over the FDA and the uh, CDC for in full because Obama was not going to pass his health care package without Big Pharma, and he needed to placate them, and he gave them everything they wanted, and here we are 20 years later and suffering the consequences Still of it. Still dealing so, with that. Yeah. So I, let's keep going with the Biden crime family part here. So this House Judiciary Committee, uh, Representative James Comer, Yep. Is a, here's a tweet from him. The Biden family business model is built on Joe Biden's political career. We know at least nine Biden family members sold access for profit around the world. What were our foreign adversaries paying for, adversaries paying for, right? So this is part of the investigation of, again, and I, I know there uh, have uh, been into the Treasury Department to try to figure out what these uh, payments are, but apparently these foreign entities were just funneling money into these random LLCs and the random LLCs who did not provide a good or a service other than just payroll to the Biden family. So he had all these foreign countries and entities funneling cash into, you know, unrecognizable LLCs and then just paying out the Biden family for all that stuff. Now, I am of the opinion that Biden has no idea that it's still going on because he doesn't no idea what happened yesterday. Sure. So, but he's been in office for 50 years. This is, this is the Biden game plan. This is the Biden business model, as he put it. This is the meat of the Hunter Biden laptop that was, uh, or that people want to suppress, right? They, I'm guessing, I mean, it's probably not great for the uh, Biden uh, family, uh, you know, Thanksgiving dinners that all those racy photos and videos are out there. But the meat of the laptop was the business dealings of Hunter Biden and how he used his last name to facilitate these dealings 
with foreign entities and getting paid handsomely for it. So I'd like to think that eventually, you know, the chickens come home to roost. Is that what they say? That this is going to result in some penalty for the Biden, especially Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Um, I think that if this, and we can use this as we uh, run up to, uh, we start to talk about 2024 a little bit, like this seems to be the ability to lay the groundwork for to replace Biden, right? So like I'm, I'm, I've long thought that Biden's not going to make it to the first day of primaries, like they will replace him. And if for some reason he gets all through all the primaries and he's the nominee, they will replace him at the convention. Like this cannot see him running in 2024. But I think this, you know, I don't, you know, so Hunter Biden's getting dragged into Arkansas court for the baby mama there. Uh, He's so, there today. Yeah. Oh, nice. He doesn't so, want to give over any of his financial disclosures. Shocker. It's so weird. But he needs so, to pay less child support. Yeah, he's poor. His art sales are not are down, Mr. Houston. Can we also discuss for one minute how yeah. the fact that over the weekend, Joe Biden said that he talks to all six of his grandkids daily and just does not acknowledge this grandchild? So for all of my, uh, my well, at least Joe Biden seems like a good person crowd. He's not. Imagine having a grandchild and then pretending like she doesn't exist. I couldn't fathom that. Like, if I have four children, if one of them ends up I having mean, a baby one day, I'm going to be like, hey, it's your kid. We're going to take care of this child. Period. End of sentence. There's no way around it. I don't care but if, if she's a stripper. I mean, the Bidens are different. evil li- lizard people. Yes, that's true. And I am not a lizard person. I don't right. think I'm evil either, but I guess time will tell. So I haven't read this full article, but I did uh, peruse this Jonathan Turley article that uh, he uh, put in the Hill a couple days ago. Hunter's collapsing world why a criminal plea could now be the best option for the Bidens. So... Do I think Hunter Biden's actually going to serve a day in jail? No. Do I think Joe Biden's going to serve a day in jail? No. Just like I don't think Donald Trump's going to serve a day in jail. None of these people ever serve a day in jail. We'll get to the last story of the of the of the segment of the show, and we'll approve all my points. And none of these people are ever going to go to jail. But a plea could be enough damage, especially if they can make it a uh, you know foreign bribe uh, scandal uh, for the Bidens that. This would be the undoing of Biden twenty twenty four. Good. I, I I mean I. All right, there's a bunch of other reasons. Way, baby, let's go. <laughs> there is a bunch of other reasons, but I feel like this is the most public reason that they could just basically lay lay down on and uh, use in their uh, removal of Joe Biden. So, do you know how excited I'll be if RFK is like a legitimate contender for president? Well, I think he might be a legitimate contender. I mean, listen, so say legitimate contender in a sense that... They have to debate him publicly right. on stage. They can't deny him it. And he's like has enough to be on the ballot. So the first two polls came out very encouraging. 19%, 21% for, for RFK. Um, that being said, the DNC immediately came out and said, we're not sponsoring any debates. So hilarious. we'll see if there's any debates. I mean... I'm assuming that the Biden campaign is going to try to repackage 2020 and just run campaign from their basement and not go into public and not they do anything. New, they need a new pandemic. Yeah, they really need something. Badly. So, um, I, again, I, I still think it's Gavin Newsom's going to be the nominee. So I think whatever happens between now and election day of 2024, Gavin Newsom becomes the nominee. And I, I mentioned this maybe to you or at least a couple other people, but, uh, Gavin Newsom happens to be a California resident, as is Kamala Harris. So no more Kamala Harris if Gavin Newsom is the president. They can wipe her away with the Biden thing, too. So I can't wait to see, like, my ultra-feminist <laughs> friends and family justify that, where they're going to just <laughs> kick her off the ticket to put Gavin Newsom She's on. terrible. Oh, she's the worst. The worst. She's so fun, though. Like, listening to the inappropriate laughter of, like, the most odd times in sentences and everything just being so forced is literally my favorite part of, other than Joe Biden completely forgetting where he is at any given time and he, when he, like, walks off the podium and just stops and looks around like, uh, where am I? That's my favorite thing in politics right now. My second favorite is her trying to say anything and then that nervous, over-the-top laugh at the weirdest times in every sentence. I love politics right now. It's hilarious. Sorry. Let me read, let me read a couple uh, sentences from this New York Post article that kind of uh, ties a couple other things that we've talked about over the, over the last couple uh, years uh, uh, altogether. So... 
Then Vice President Joe Biden visited Ukraine on a mission to bolster the country's energy industry days after his son, Hunter, joined the board of natural gas company Burisma in 2014, which a former White House stenographer claims implicated the now 80-year-old in a foreign influence peddling kickback scheme. So do we think it's a weird coincidence that a couple days after Hunter Biden is appointed to his 50000 a month uh uh, position on the board of uh, Burisma, the energy company in Ukraine, for all of his uh, energy guruness. Apparently, his dad showed up to kind of be like, hey, look, I'm here to help you guys. So this is the kind of things that I think if the dots are connected to the right people outside, you know, in the Biden world, they should be able to see this as what it is of corruption and Listen, most people don't want to see it, so they're just going to ignore it. Ignore it. Say it's New York Post is, you know, propaganda or right-wing extremist, whatever. Republicans pounce. Yeah, but there is enough of this kind of smoking gun evidence throughout that laptop that the fact that he's still the president is, again, kind of uh, uh, points to what kind of a situation our world's in right now, our country specifically. So Yeah, not great. Not great. We're the clown world, for sure. Um, so... I think it's going to become a, it's going to be the same thing with everything else. At some point, it's just going to be accepted as fact. It's never going to have the reckoning moment of like, hey, we've been trying to point this out for years of this is utter corruption. Like this is so blatant, so in your face, so F you, I'm not even going to hide it, that you should be insulted as a citizen of this country. You, you should be personally insulted at the brazen nature of this level of corruption and the fact that he was still jammed down our throats as the president. That should offend you as a free citizen of this country. All right? The idea that the intelligence agencies then came out and did that with the letters claiming this was disinformation to get this man into power, the fact that this man has not been removed from power despite the blatant, provable tax evasion, corruption, and other illegalities is mind-blowing. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't got uh, what they get Manafort on, like uh, uh, some something like not being a, not rec- registering as a foreign. Yeah, and here's so, the thing. Uh, you don't think Hunter Biden, Paul Manafort's a piece of crap. All right, like I'm not defending Paul Manafort, but the idea that he was arrested for this and Hunter Biden yeah, is a, not is insane. The same, yeah. the same way, like, look, Jared Kushner's not a good dude. Jared Kushner went to Saudi Arabia when he was orchestrating peace in the Middle East and then walked away with a hedge fund and $2 billion of Saudi money yeah, in it. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm of the opinion that Jared Kushner is the Donald Trump leaker. Like, he's the guy who, he does, I don't think he likes Donald Trump at all. No, I don't think so with. either. But the flip side of that is, Hunter Biden went to China with Joe Biden on Air Force Two, came away with $1 billion for his hedge fund. I, like, the it's so brazen. It is just so in your face in this... It, the propaganda propaganda artists that we call the media just don't tell you any of it. And they're like, well, Donald Trump's mean, and yeah. Joe Biden's so nice. He likes ice cream and aviators. I, I, I can't with you people anymore. Yeah, Not like the audience or the regular people, the media, like the reporters that then claim some level of superiority over me. It's like, well, <laughs> you get your news from where? I don't know, people that don't lie to my face. That's where I try to go. I mean, Mr. Hussong, you may have heard me say this before, but only all of this clown world stuff, the pandemic, this Hunter Biden stuff, all of this stuff only makes sense for one reason. Hit me with it. Jeffrey Epstein. There it is. Wall Street Journal. So uh, what do they call this? Limited Hangout? Wall Street Journal. This is an archive version of there. So uh, I shared the archive version in the uh, show notes. So if you'd like to read this, this is a subscription article. But... Epstein's private calendar reveals prominent names, including CIA chief and Goldman Sachs top lawyer. So, William Burns, the director of the CIA. Yeah. That guy. Sure. That guy. Yep. Met with Jeffrey Epstein multiple times and claims he did not know who he was. (laughs) The effing director of the CIA. It's the best excuse ever. <laughs> Literally doesn't. Oh, we di- he didn't know who he was. What? Why are you meeting with him? Yeah. Uh, and okay. Again, uh, maybe I'll butcher this uh, woman's name here. Catherine Rumler. 
A White House counsel under President Barack Obama had dozens of meetings with Epstein in the years after her White House service before she became the top lawyer at Goldman Sachs. Weird. So odd. Leon Botstein. Botstein? Botstein? President of Bard College invited Epstein, who brought groups of young female guests to the campus. Obviously. Noam Chomsky, a professor, author, and political activist, was scheduled to fly with Epstein to have dinner at Epstein's Manhattan townhouse in 2015. This is the same Noam Chomsky who wanted to lock us all down during the pandemic. And mandate vaccines. And mandate vaccines. And uh, is very, uh, you know... Let's blow up Palestine kind of uh, side of the uh, uh, Middle East war. So can we make the left liberal again? I miss weird, those days. weird how all this stuff ends up circling back to Jeffrey Epstein. His tentacles are endless it's and it's so not his tent. I mean, if there are his tentacles because they're whatever, they're all go back to him, but it's, he's a, he's an intelligence asset, whether or not it's Mossad or CIA or both or whatnot, the dude is an intelligence asset. He was bribing most powerful people on the planet. Blackmailing. Blackmailing to get whatever he wanted out of them for his own personal gain. I mean, we can go into all the craziness that I've seen. This is, these are all new names. These are all names that, you know, we didn't ha- weren't in the black book, weren't on the flight logs per se. So these, we still don't know the depth of the relationships that this guy had. All right, listen. This is why I cannot possibly ever serve in any congressional position because if i were in a hearing with a cia director and asking hey why did you meet with this guy that was running the world's largest pedophile sex ring and we now know that and you met with him after he had already been found out doing this why did you meet with him three times and his response was i didn't know who he was i would burst out laughing like so audibly and so uncontrollably that I would be like sanctioned for my lack of decorum and be like, you're the, you're the head of the CIA. Do you take a lot of meetings with people that you just don't know who they are? You don't get briefed. You have no concept of what they are or who they are, their background. Like, could I get a meeting with the head of the CIA right now? Could I just be like, hey, put me in this calendar? And they'd be like, all right, sure. Yeah, come to my Manhattan mansion like with all my young assistants it's just so comically funny this is what i mean about how brazen it is and why you should be insulted as a citizen of this country they think so little of you they don't even bother to come up with a reason anymore they're like i just didn't know who he was don't buy it come on you didn't know and this we didn't mention uh andrea de rothschild oh yeah i mean weird the rothschilds keep coming up in weird places uh forever yeah, did you hear the latest? Uh, I guess it's not. Though you mentioned the Malaysian airline earlier mm-hmm. and how there was like some patent holders on that plane, and then when they all died in the Malaysian airplane that went missing, that it then became the 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 patent was like some medical patent that became the property of the Rothschilds. Yeah, fun. I'll send you down that rabbit hole. That's a fun one. And so let's throw up some other names here. Okay. So we, we mentioned Catherine Rumler, the uh, former Obama uh, general counsel, who now is general counsel for Goldman Sachs. Mrs. Rumler first met Epstein after he called her to ask if she would be interested in representing Mr. Gates at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Weird. I thought Bill Gates regretted, only had a couple dinners and regretted that. I think Bill Gates is going to go down with this uh, as we get here. And there's one other person who I don't actually know. I probably should have looked him up before here, but I never saw this name before. Um... Do you know who, let me pull up this guy's name. Okay. Joshua Cooper Rambo is? I do not. No, me neither. I'm trying to find his name in this article, but i trying to find, I don't know. Apparently, he's probably an evil lizard person, it seems like, if you're hanging out with Epstein. Um, again, I, we've been covering Epstein since maybe show one. <laughs> you're going to like this. Joshua Cooper Ramo is vice chairman and co-chief executive of Kissinger Associates. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> of course he is. Weird. That's like how Mortimer is just a rich guy with no job. Joshua Cooper had more than a dozen meetings scheduled with Epstein. So, I, oh, Mr. Ramo also sits on the board of FedEx and uh, recently stepped down on the board of Starbucks too. So definitely connected. Yikes. I, and this is, you know, this article references... Uh, at the risk of uh, sounding uh, uh, like one of those people, most of these people are tied with Israeli uh, geopolitical uh, 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 influences, right? That's what Noam Chomsky actually said. Oh, I met with him to discuss 
Israel's political. I'm like, why are you discussing Israel's political climate with Jeffrey Epstein? Like you, neither one of you are Israeli citizens. Like you literally have no, should have no say, but apparently somebody does. Yeah. I.e. Jeffrey Epstein, the, the Mossad spy, right? So we hope. Yeah. Because if he's not a Mossad spy, he's our spy. So well, he's both. I, I literally think he's both. He probably is. He's probably a double agent for one and, you know, whatever. There probably is no real room between those two agencies at, for the most part either. And you think the guilt of a double, being a double agent is what led him to kill himself? <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> um, I hope, again, I, the Wall Street Journal is not the source that I was hoping this information was going to come out of. I was really hoping it was going to be, you know, I don't know, leaked to WikiLeaks or some other journalist and whatnot. So this makes me think the Wall Street Journal has more information than they're willing to tell us about. Yep. Um, especially, you know, the Wall Street Journal, is that still owned by Rupert Murdoch? I have no idea. I think that was part of the Fox Rupert Murdoch thing at one point. So um, who knows? I mean, these, again, I would call these a, uh, a limited hangout here because I don't think we're getting the full story from the Wall Street Journal, nor do I think we ever will get the full story of the, uh, uh, from the, from the Wall Street Journal anyway. I got to believe that at some point there's going to be enough overwhelming evidence that somebody, uh, somebody, some, at least one person, could go to jail for acts done I mean through through this you know unspeakable uh, acts of uh, 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 of humanity here I, like I want Jeffrey Epstein to be dead just because he shouldn't deserve to breathe air but I, again I don't think he's dead or I think there's a, a a measurable enough chance that he's not dead that I don't know that we're ever going to get this, all the stuff out of here. I, I mean, I'm glad that this stuff came out, but we've talked about this and I've talked about this for years that I don't think anybody really ever is held accountable. Um, there's just too much at stake. And, you know, anybody who's going to blow the whistle probably has been compromised themselves. And, you know, the joke is that, you know, they won't release Glenn Maxwell's client list because they are the client list, right? So yes. those are the same people. It's they're invoking their fifth amendment. Right? Yes, exactly. So I mean, listen, I, again, I'm glad that this stuff is coming out, but I don't think, I think this is a, like a, you know, a controlled uh, news release at best. I agree. Hopefully we get more. Yeah. If it's out there, it's out there. And it just drip by drip by drip <sighs> by drip by drip. Let's keep having a cover. Yeah. I'll take the drips. Yep. All right. Well, we covered a lot of our favorite subjects. Fauci. Fun show. Hunter Biden. Jeffrey Epstein and Kevin Roy. What a, what a eclectic group. <laughs> I'm sure Kevin hates me. Now he's like, great. Put me in that group. Lump these guys in. Yeah. All uh, right. It's been fun. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Um, well, on that note, do you would like to leave the folks with anything uh, spectacular uh, for a week until next Monday? No. Nah. All right. You guys are doing great. Keep it yeah. up. Remember Epstein didn't kill himself. Sure. And, uh, we will see you all again next Monday. Uh, please uh, like the video, share the video with your friends and family. Subscribe to the channel. And uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast version, please leave us a five-star rate and review. Pull over before you do that. So on that note, for Ben Hughesung, I am Sean Hannon. And we'll see you all again next Monday.